0: Think about making a podcast but don't know how or where to start? Well, Spotify has you covered. Spotify now offers a podcasting service called Spotify for Podcasters. You can create, record, and edit your content right on your phone or computer. You can even monetize your podcast. So download the app today or visit podcasters.spotify.com. I one out today that one of the, one of, a musical that just opened a month ago is closing in a week. Like all of these shows are closing and not and becoming flops because but you have shit like Back to the Future, the musical, which is a piece of shit, but it's pulling in millions of dollars because everyone loves Back to the Future the movie. Welcome to the Color Lavender podcast, a podcast that talks about what is going on in the world we live in and how it affects queer folks. I'm PJ. I'm David. Nigel. All right. Um, I'm so upset today is Sunday and it's another week coming
1: up. Child, I know. it is. This, these Mondays is killing us, man. Just. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just,
0: I'm tired. Well, first I had my playwright group yesterday. So that's about three and a half hours. Um, and yeah, it's a long time. And then, um, this past week was like, oh, the kids start, the students start back this week at school. So,
2: ooh, wait, um, good luck with that!
0: Here we go. So that'll be fun. H- wink, wink, sarcasm. Um, but uh, yeah, that's oh, but I did. Um, we started painting our mannequin. Um, I don't think I told y'all. I, I picked up a mannequin off the street.
2: Wait, 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 wait. wait, wait, (laughs)
0: What? Yeah, I just posted on Instagram. But basically, you know, I've always had a goal to get a mannequin and paint it and have it as an art piece in my home. And so the other day, I was walking to this grocery store. And I saw a fucking mannequin. And I was like, oh my God, this is a sign. So yep, I grabbed that mannequin and I walked home.
1: Oh my God. Oh and I, my God. I remember
0: I came into the <laughs> I came into the apartment. I was like, guess what I got? And Brian's like, what? Groceries? And I was like, no, look. And he looked at that tall ass mannequin, and was like, you've got to be kidding me.
1: But he couldn't say much because it's you,
0: and here so, we are we're, well he so he knew I had this goal of the mannequin, but he didn't think that it would happen anytime soon, but um, yeah, now we're painting it, so yeah, uh-huh well i I sent some judgment
1: no no, no, no judgment at all i uh I've just known you for a very long time, so that was. Certainly not a surprise (laughs) that you decided to pick up a literal mannequin off the side of the road (laughs) and start painting it. So, no judgment here. Nyjah understands.
0: So what
3: is it? So what is it to like? What colors are you painting it? Like, what is it supposed to represent? And also the image of you. Carrying a mannequin down the street is hilarious, by the way
0: <laughs> and a mannequin's pretty tall i'm pretty sure this mannequin is like six feet. Oh my god um, but I- there's no actual concept we me and Brian are literally just painting whatever we want, so that's, that's
3: interesting
0: that'll be, that'll yeah, be it's like this app. Ab- abstract thing you know you know i'm not a fine artist for the the listeners i'm not a painter i'm not a i didn't study art i don't have a bfa um but i I, you know i'm just like oh i can draw some stuff and whatever so that's what we're doing
1: well look at you well
0: i mean i can't
3: wait to see the the final product
0: yeah i'll be i think i'll be fine it'll be fine and also it's a good bonding moment for me and brian because we're just sitting here painting oh
1: you know uh
0: david and you should try it with your husband
1: we did a um kind of paint thing a couple of years i guess a couple years ago we haven't done it since but we like painted these like we got um what are they called like uh i can't even think what they're called but they're like um i guess canvases that you can paint on i don't know um and we just sat there and we just like randomly (laughs) painted and ate um well, yeah i'm laughing because you were like what are they called what are they called i
0: guess canvases they're literally called canvases
1: oh well I mean, show us what the fuck i know but uh no so we we painted stuff and they're they're literally hanging in our house there's just like random stuff i have this like weirdo kind of sort of heart-shaped figure in the middle of like um like deep blue that's supposed to have some weirdo meaning and we're we're not gonna talk about it i'm not a painter either so (laughs) uh did you take art in high school david um no i took choir because i can't draw oh
0: that was your art credit yeah yeah um hair flip i had nine art credits when i graduated
1: okay (laughs) relax you're doing too much (laughs)
3: Too much for
0: somebody who only has three inches of hair. Ah! <laughs> um, first of all, that that was a good one. But yeah. second of all, ah, this is this is shrinkage. Once I blow this out, it's longer than three inches. Okay, oh it's about five inches. Anyway, um we're not gonna do this. <laughs> <Amen>. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Well, Nyjah, uh, uh got our quote of the week.
3: All right. So it's a very short quote. Um, this is by Chris Colfer. Uh, his quote is, there's nothing wrong with you. There's a lot wrong with the world you live in. Um, and for those of you who don't know, Chris Colfer, uh, he is known for playing Kurt Hummel. Is that how you say the last name?
0: Yep. Yep. Yep.
3: Okay from the television musical glee uh glee was a huge hit uh from 2009 to 2015 and um the the a lot of awards were given to the show and to the actors and everything they had a golden globe award uh, where he got a global golden globe award for best supporting actor in a series my goodness um, and then uh People's Choice Awards, everything else under the sun. So uh yeah, very, very uh popular, renowned uh television show. And um yeah, I chose that quote because there is so much that's going on in the world. Um, there's so much discrimination. And then you know, people a lot of people they take a lot of things as jokes and it's it's very disheartening, especially um when you get on the internet and you see the poor treatment of a lot of people. It doesn't even matter like what race or nationality you know you see people uh who are mistreated because of disabilities and you know they're constantly being told that you can't do something um people kind of see them for their ailments and as opposed to seeing them for having a heart and that's something that happens just throughout um different communities and so um i think that that quote that he has is very very appropriate
0: yes i love me some chris Kofer. um fun fact also uh his role in glee uh, was created just for him. Really? Oh, wow! Yeah, Kurt Hummel was not was not a character in the original pilot. Um, but then oh, when wow. Chris Colfer auditioned, they liked him so much that they created the role, the character for him.
1: Well, good for him. No, good. For
3: him. Actually, I'm, I'm sorry to the Glee um fandom. I've never actually sat through. And watched Glee for real. Like I was familiar with it because in school, um, I especially like in high school because it, start, it started in two thousand nine. So at least the last couple of years in high school, I had a lot of classes with drama club kids, and so I knew of a lot of references and stuff just from passing. But I never actually sat through and and completely watched. But I know like Amber Riley, she was a, a big um, star um, off of that show, um, and yeah.
1: Yeah, same here. But, yeah, I love Mr. Amber Riley.
0: Yeah, David um, is one of those gays who doesn't like musical theater. I um, no, don't do that. But, I don't have uh, no problem
1: with musical theater.
0: Yes, you do. You do not like and the only musical you like is Rent, and that doesn't count.
1: That's fair. That's fair. <laughs>
0: Um, but I was a huge Glee fan. Um, Glee is kind of hard to watch now as I'm older, it's a little cringy now, but um, you know, as a kid in the drama club, that's all we had at that point. So I, I used to love Glee, but um love that quote. Uh, so I guess we're gonna go over into our It's Giving Success shout-outs. Um, we had another uh, award show to happen this past week. Um, it was the Emmy Awards. Um, and usually the Emmy Awards are not usually uh in January, but they were postponed due to the SAG after uh, um strike that happened last year. But um congrats to um all the black excellence, um Edabiri, AO for winning an Emmy. Congrats. Um, congrats to Quinta Brunson for winning an Emmy. She was the Boy. first black female to win Best Actress in the Comedy Series the la in a while. The last time that happened was in 1981. Wasn't that uh the lady
1: from um I can't think of the name of the Jeffersons. The show. Jefferson's, Jefferson's, yep. Man.
3: Wheezy. The one from Wheezy. Yep.
0: Um, and you know last was the last year last year when um Shirley Ralph won for Best Supporting Actress, she was the first black woman to win that award since jack a harris um Harry won in um for two two seven Oh, uh, her speech wasn't she, oh my God which
3: wasn't she up for that role?
1: Yeah, they both auditioned for that role, yeah,
3: yeah, that was a nice full circle
1: moment for her, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah her speech was just amazing.
0: Yeah, I, I I you know, I get so teary-eyed when I see like my favorite stars win awards and they don't act they don't like expect it because she was like, I didn't prepare anything, I didn't expect this to happen. And she started crying. I just get I get so teary-eyed. Yeah. Uh, and another teary-eyed one that I was so happy was Nisi Nash won an Emmy for Best Actress in a Limited Series when she played in the Jeffrey Dahmer show. Um, that was an unexpected win, and I was so happy for her. Um, and I loved her acceptance speech. I love when she said, you know what, the last person I want to thank, I want to thank me because yeah. I got through a lot of shit and I just thank me.
1: Yeah. I, I, that was, yeah. I agree with you. That was teary-eyed. Oh my God.
3: Yeah, I was going to say, um, I, when I tell you that I love Niecy Nash, like, Everything that she does, you know, and she's one of those, like, you can tell that Niecy Nash is like, she's just your homegirl that's going to be your cheerleader. She's going to, you know, you you can cry to her, but at some point she's going to tell you, girl, okay, it's time for you to wipe them tears, put your crown and get your shit together. You know, she's going to give you the pep talk, but she's going to give you that support. And I mean, I've been a fan of Niecy Nash since Reno 911. And so she's, she's come a long way. Um, since that. And her stylist never, ever, ever takes a break. She doesn't, I don't think that I've ever seen like a blunder with her.
0: No, um, baby, her, she she looked gorgeous.
3: She looks gorgeous and her figure, like they know exactly how to, to tailor a dress for her because, oh my goodness, her body is amazing. And so, yeah, to see her win this and, and literally everything she said, she's like, look, only I know what was what I had to lose, only I know what was going on, like behind closed doors. I mean, that is very, very powerful because especially a lot of Black actresses, you know, they don't always have uh, platforms to be able to talk about their wins and losses as it pertains to just their personal life that can contribute to the success um, of their careers. And so um, kudos to her. I'm very, very happy for her.
0: Yeah, I was very happy for her. I love me some Niecy Nash. Um, I think she's a great actress. I think she was slapped on when she played in Claws. I loved her in Claws. Um, and, I, you know, I yeah, I go back to Reno 911 as well. Um, but, yeah, she was great in Claws. And I'm just, like, upset that she never got a recognition. But she got her Emmy. Um, if anyone deserves an Emmy from that show, it's her. Um, because she did an amazing job and you know Evan Peters did too he did too but um yeah i was so happy for her and then uh RuPaul won the 8th emmy in a, um in a row with best host of reality competition series for drag race period he so i think RuPaul holds the um the record
2: good for him
3: jesus um gonna say um that's really good for uh for rue especially because you see these there's a lot of competitions and like or a lot of you know shows that's supposed to be you know tournaments and, and competitive and stuff but i feel like no matter however many shows come out drag race has always been in the league of its own Um, Because everything else is like, you know, these super like uh, American gladiator type things or, you know, trying to uh, go through all of these, you know, physical things and stuff, you know, to win um, money or whatever the case. And so uh, no matter how many different types of concepts are uh, come up and how many shows, you know, that MTV or VH1, like how many shows they have. Uh, drag race has always maintained to to still have its uniqueness and it's because it's in the world of drag which <clears throat> excuse me even though it's been around for so long the world still hasn't completely caught up to drag race so i think that's also what keeps it so unique and fresh and so yeah i'm happy for Rue.
0: yeah i'm so happy for Rue. and this is like if you not everyone's been a fan of drag race but like you know me and i watched watch drag race We've watched since the beginning, and when Drag Race first came out, it was on Logo. It was on Logo. No one knew what it was. It had nine episodes in its first season, and the cash prize was twenty five thousand dollars. That's how low budget it was. Um, and look you at it now. The lighting. The lighting. Oh, girl, that lighting. <laughs> that lighting. That was atrocious um and look at it now 16 seasons later and it's literally on mtv and now the cash prize is two hundred thousand dollars like it it and on top of that it has five other franchises
3: yeah i haven't gotten i haven't gotten into all the other franchises honestly so i only know about that stuff through you but i just keep track of the original
0: yeah, I and say what you want about RuPaul. RuPaul's not the you know the most perfect person. He definitely has his flaws, and he definitely says some wild shit. However, RuPaul is that bitch, and will forever be that bitch. <clears throat> so good for good for good for Ru. And then um, also, um, I didn't expect as glad um, the organization they won the Governors Award at the Emmy Awards. Um, and this is the first time I ever uh saw that an organization won that award. Usually it's like a uh, an actor who's been in the game for a long time who wins it. Um, but yeah, it was Glad and I was so happy to see that because I was like, oh wow. And like I know Glad does a lot for um representation in Hollywood. Um and, and like I know they consult with a lot of directors and studios about like how to portray queer folks in shows and movies. So <laughs> It was very cool to see Glad win that award. So yeah. And then um, all right. Anything else? Anyone else have any shout outs?
1: None for me. Nope. No.
0: All right. So I guess we can move on to our topics, but before that, we're gonna take a break. and we're back. <laughs> okay. Our first topic um okay. I So it it's kind of a two it's a two pointer. Um we're going to talk about black movies in general um and how they're how they are rated and the standards they have and then it's going to go into um how the color purple flopped in the box office. Um so I want to talk about black movies for a second because and you know we know black movies are usually movies where it's all black cast essentially it's all <laughs> black cast right so um now <clears throat> when when black movies come out and they are you know critiqued or you know has a press or whatever but especially with criticism, with movie critics, there's a two there's a two way street with this. Black movies tend to have to, tend to be taken at a lower standard than their counterparts, which are like white movies or Hollywood movies or whatever. Um, but also taken to a high standard, so it actually is taken in both ways. The low standard is because if you ever look at a movie review for a black movie like Tyler Perry or um, Ava DuVernay or anything, you notice that they only talk about the acting performances in a movie. They don't talk about the movie itself. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, and you know, a lot of people think this, is that the reason why these critics, because usually most movie critics, let's be honest, are white people, white men specifically, um, they are so afraid to come off as racist or discriminatory that they don't even talk about the film. They'll just talk about, oh, um, uh, uh, he was, his acting performance was great. And that's the whole review.
1: For example, the movie Till. Did y'all see Till? No, I couldn't. I couldn't um... even just...
0: Okay. Oh. And I, I kind of figure why you didn't want to. And we won't get to that when we get to The Color Purple. But um, Till is a good example. Till, I, it wasn't a great movie. It wasn't. Um, a lot of the focus is on Emma Till's mother. And I forgot the actress who played her. But basically, she was the standout of the movie, her acting performance. Other than that, Till was pretty forgettable. Um now, the whole, uh, all the, cri- all the critics and all the press was on her. was on her acting performance. Um, because they knew that the movie itself was not good, but they just wanted to, you know, get through because of the performance. That's an example. And and for how it is taken into a high standard, is because when you have people like Ava DuVernay or Barry Jenkins or people like that who, who are known to be making Oscar-worthy films, um they are held to a higher standard because they have become the, not the elite black movie makers, but like the the crossover theater um, movie makers. Like they're the ones who the white people will watch. And so when people like, especially people of color and black people, when they look at those movies, they're sometimes like, eh, like, I I mean, it's not for me. They hold it to a different standard than like a John Singleton or, um, uh, a, a Tyler Perry. Um, so, oh, go ahead.
3: Oh, no, I was playing my 3rd I'm sorry.
0: Oh, sorry. Um, So, yeah. And I always felt that that was so, um, it's so bad that, like, critics, like, I get it. Critics don't want to be racist, like, whatever. They don't want to get canceled. But, like, if a movie is bad, a movie is bad. Um, like, I hate, and I, I know I'm going to get a lot of shit for this. I
1: hated Selma. I didn't like I don't I, I just like, like what? I didn't like it either. I thought the acting performances were great. Um,
0: Todd was great. But in terms of the movie, it just uh, I didn't like it. And I and I can talk about how I don't really like Ava du- DuVernay's work either. Like um uh the one she did with on the Netflix TV series with um Jare- Jerome... Drome. Um when they see us, um oh, acting yeah. performances were amazing. Acting performances were amazing, but she I, I just don't like her work. And, and that's not because of, it's just, just she I don't know. Anyway, um I hate it well, so much. Oh, go ahead.
3: Well uh, my excuse me, my question is uh is there like a certain trend that you see um within her? work that you're like eh I can't really get with it like what exactly is it because I mean I, I I watch her stuff but I don't I, I don't know like what's your what's your thing with her?
1: Yeah
0: um for one I think she always she tends to focus on things on the wrong things in movies. I think with Selma she didn't she tends to only focus on MLK and the guy who plays MLK which is fine but the supporting roles fell flat meaning that she didn't capture them and it's not the actor's fault it's the director and writer they just when you have one central character and you focus on them the whole time and everyone else is flat and it's not giving the space or the development it just it's just not a good movie she does that a lot um not just with Selma but she did that with um A Wrinkle in Time which was also a horrible movie. Um, that's and also she her camera like her cinematography is not as inventive. I feel like when you think of like a Barry Jenkins, for example, when you look at Moonlight or If Bill Street Could Talk, he films in a very artistic way. Even if it's a, even if it's about Black stories, Black lives, it's not just like scene cut, scene cut, scene cut. It's it like there's a he's very intentional how he films it. I feel like Ava Duvernay. Um, doesn't. And I and I could be wrong. Her other work could, you know, her newer work could be different. But I just that's how I feel about Selma um and a wrinkle in time. But and yeah, so if that does that does that answer your question, Aisha? Yeah.
1: Okay. <clears throat> what do y'all think? Um what's interesting is when you were talking about standards um i think it's interesting um when we talk about standards in terms of black people my mom's said um my entire life she said the worst thing you can do to black people isn't just be racist it is um having no expectations um as far as i'm concerned if a movie is bad we need to say the movie is bad if the movie's good we need to say the movie's good and you know we understand that <clears throat> racism. It's part of it, and you know, because it's built, mm-hmm. in, built into the fabric of, fabric of our society. So we get that. But I think by making criticisms like that, or being able to make criticisms like that, we remove this thing where, oh, it's a black movie, we don't have to take it seriously. But, so, but also, we have to have expectations for these movies, black, white, or, or who cares, you know? Um, so I think that that's important. Um, I think being able to call out a movie, even if it's an all black cast, when it's a bad movie um you know i think that that that's something that would actually help um within reason i mean but no more you know but no more criticizing the movie if it were an all white cast like it should it should be it should actually be equal like we should be able to just be able to criticize a movie um the acting performances and everything else so i think you know i just think that part of this is where we just don't have the expectations from other people. so that's part of it. And I think that, you know, I do, I do believe that there are some movies that that we create that are excellent, but only will reach us. And it's not, you know, it's through no fault of our own. It's just for whatever reason, we're the only it's it's only, it'll only be targeted towards us. It will only be marketed to us. And then why people aren't going to go see it. I, I don't know why that is because there's a whole lot of movies that, they should see like i really do think a lot of white gays should watch moonlight seriously i mean i I know that it took me a while to see it but i really do think that they should go watch a movie like that you know i think that that would help
0: um no i agree with you and actually that's a perfect segue into our the color purple um but before that Nigel, did you have anything to say about the that topic the standards
3: no, I was gonna ask if you were, um, because I had kind of like threw you off a little bit with, um, asking you to expound on Ava DuVernay. Um, I didn't know if you had anything else to add, um, about the expectations, but I don't personally have anything for that.
0: Oh no, no, but yeah, I was, I was done with that. That was a very short part. the The, the meat and potatoes is the color purple. What I want to talk about. Um oh. And I can't wait for y'all to <laughs> um to chime in. So okay. Let me crack my knuckles and get ready for this.
1: Oh, God.
0: (laughs) Okay. So all three of us saw The Color Purple together, and I thought that was a great friend moment. I had a great time. We had a great time. We loved the movie. We cried together. We smiled together. It was great.
3: Uh, Um, Correction. Y'all cried.
1: uh, Just put that Oh, okay. Uh, Okay. nice. Okay. (laughs) No,
3: I did. No, I, I I, I shared... I I shed a couple of tears, but you and David were going to ruin. That's
0: not fair. <laughs> it's because uh, when I hear when I hear I'm here, I'm gone. It's it's over. It's yes, over. Man. It's a wrap.
3: Listen, yes, Fantasia, Fantasia, she she has that oil. Um, like she just adds something that that voice is anointed, and so it she draws you in. So I I know she I was just making you want to cry. You know, <laughs> just tear your heart out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we had a good time. Now, uh, The Color Purple did very well its opening day, which was Christmas Day. I think it had the second best Christmas debut opening in the past 20 years or something like that. So it did pretty well. However, after Christmas, it had a huge drop in sales. Um, and it's barely pulling in. A million bucks, I think, at this time. I could be wrong, but I I think that's what it said. So that's not good. Um, <clears throat> now, now we're we're gonna talk about, and, I, and David brought this up of like why it didn't do well. Um, but there's some um things I want to go over. So one is uh a, a four quadrant movie. Now, for those who don't know what a four quadrant movie, basically, it's saying that um a movie has the massive appeal to appeal to white men and women and people of color men and women, and globally. That's a four-quadrant movie. Examples are all Marvel movies, basically. Um, stuff like Top Gun, like though, like um, uh, James Bond. Those movies, usually when it's like a white star or a white character starring in it or um, with big names in it, those are four-quadrant movies. So they appeal to the masses. They get, they make more money. Hence why uh, Wonka, that also debuted on Christmas Day, is doing great in numbers because Wonka stars Timothy Chalamet, which is he's a white boy, but also he is a teen throb. And Wonka appeals to not only adults of white people and black people, but also children. So that, 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 that's how you make your money. Um, The Color Purple is not a four-quadrant movie. And that's okay, it's not. I, oh, go ahead.
3: Oh, I'm sorry. I just playing my throat. I'm
0: going to mute
3: first before I did this. Uh, sorry. Oh, you're
0: fine. Um, the Color Purple is not a four-quadrant movie. And we and we knew that. Like, certain movies are just not going to appeal to everyone. First of all, The Color Purple doesn't appeal to children because it's not a children's subject. The Color Purple is literally about domestic, domestic violence and racism and rape. That's, yeah. that's, that's a huge theme and, and that's not, people are not going to take their children. And I don't want them to. That's, a, that's, you know, those are big topics. So that's one. So now you're down to the adults. It's an all-black cast about an all-black story. White people are not going to particularly see it unless they know the color purple and they were a fan of the original. So now you're taking away another quadrant. So now you're down to people of color, mainly black people. Now, The Color Purple always had a huge audience with women, specifically black women. So there's another quadrant that you're losing. So now you're losing black men. So you're down to black women, which, unfortunately, is not the biggest buying power of movies. Um, And we can go on a whole topic about, like, you you know, why that is, but... So it was doomed from the beginning with that because it was a one quadrant movie, and that's actually fine for it to be one quadrant <laughs> movie. Many movies are one quadrant movies. Um, the problem, though, is that the budget was too high. They spent over a hundred million dollars on this movie. They should not have spent that much money for a one quadrant movie. Now, a hundred million dollars for a uh, Avengers. Or a Marvel movie, that makes sense because they know everyone's gonna go see that. The color purple uh, eh, they probably should have spent around thirty million um around thirty million, not a hundred that was just too much. And actually, there's been there was a story that actually the original projection of the budget was about thirty million, but Oprah chimed in and said, "No, no, no, we need to put more money into it, more money into it." Of um, we'll get to that later. We'll get to Oprah later. Um, so that that's that's it. Also, the color purple, since it only appeals to black people, it's not going to have a global market. Meaning, people in Europe and Asia are not going to go see it. It's sad. But let's be honest. We have to be real here. Asians and and especially white Europeans do not care about black stories. They don't. Sure don't. They sure don't. So they're going to lose money globally. And they're already losing money. Because I think it opens overseas in February next month. um, And it's already losing money in the U.S. So that's not looking too good. Um, Another thing. Bad marketing. Now, they called the movie star-studded casting. And to us, we, we're we like, yeah, it's a star-studded cast. We know these people. But in hindsight, they weren't star The only star-studded cast or household name in that in that um, cast list was Taraji P. Henson. And the reason I say that is because white people know who Taraji P. Henson is. They don't right. know who... F- I'll say we American Idol people. They don't know who Fantasia is. They don't know Daniel Brooks. They don't know um Cal, uh coleman domingo they don't they don't know they might know Haley ba- um bailey now because of the little mermaid but that was that was an issue because like everyone knows hollywood casts big names to fill in seats and you know we know how how problematic that is but that's how they make their money taraji was the only star in that that could bring in non-black people Um, that was a problem. Also, let's talk about it. People are tired of Black trauma movies. That's sure, another I issue. <laughs> um, People are sick of Oprah. That's another issue. And I think The Color Purple using Oprah in all of its press tour was a huge mistake. And I get it. She was an executive producer. But honestly, Oprah, there are plenty of executive producers on movies who do not even go on press tours. Like, you could have sat this one out. Yeah. Because honestly, um, I think...
1: Sorry. I was just going to say... No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I think... um, I think Oprah being the executive producer wasn't the problem. Um, It was the fact that her reputation... Um, has literally never been worse Um, because of all the stuff that happened with Monique. And then, you know, the stories about her coming out and her she's, she's never been more disliked. So her showing her face in front of it, it just, especially even amongst black people, we can't stand Oprah. So yeah, no, I agree with that for sure.
0: Yeah. I, and we saw her everywhere. Every interview, and I get it. Inter- uh, talk shows only book big names and in interviews. However, Oprah did not need to be at every talk show. She did not need to be in every red carpet. She did not need to be in every podcast. Like bring in your stars: uh, Taraji, Fantasia, Danielle Brooks, Coma Domingo, even the director. Um, and also, have you, uh, every you had did not see any press uh, panel or a press event. With Haley Bailey and the other, I forgot her name. I think her name is Felicia. They weren't. They weren't even invited on this press tour. Yeah, what was that about? That's fucked up. They weren't even invited. I think it was an interview with Felicia, and she was like, "Yeah, I wasn't even like, I wasn't even invited on the press tour. I wasn't even invited to the award ceremonies. How can you nominate a film for best film or best cast and don't even invite the entire cast? Felicia and Haley were in." the car pro of what the first 40 minutes yeah that's a long ass time for like we didn't see fantasia until 40 minutes in and i get it she's the start she's the built to start the top billing but like that's so unfair like these these uh these young women who did a great job especially felicia who did a great job not even getting exposure but you got oprah taking up space Girl, bye. Like, you don't need to be in these press junkets.
1: Well, tell us how you really feel.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I just, I, I think Oprah being in, a, in the press tour was a huge mistake. And it's part of the reason why I didn't do well. Because Black people are fucking tired of Oprah. But, um, and then another thing, remakes. It was a remake. Remakes are not appealing. Like, people yeah. don't like remakes. We're in this thing where people just don't like, and we know that it's based off the musical, the Broadway musical, um, so it's a little different, but it's still a remake. People are going to be like, oh, uh, they're making The Color Purple again? Why? Like, I we like the original. Why are they making it again? <sighs> so that, that, and then, um, it's, it's not looking good for The Color Purple, and honestly, the Oscar nominations come out Tuesday, this Tuesday, and if The color purple does not get a best picture nomination. I'm pretty sure the studio is going to take it out of theaters immediately.
1: That's going to be so sad.
0: So those are my explanations, but obviously you, I would love to hear from y'all what you thought about those bullet points and those explanations.
3: (laughs) Go ahead, David.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, so how do I begin with this? Um, I just lost my place. Oh, no, I didn't. So, no, I think, um, I think that you're right about everything you said. Um, but what was it? Hold on. Hold on one second. What was it that you said about not the global market? Oh, the remakes. Sorry. I'm so sorry. I completely lost my place. I'm. It's been a long weekend. I apologize. But um, the remakes, um, there's been so many in the last few years. It started with it was Lion King, you know, the live action, and then it was, you know, it was uh, Aladdin, and then it was Little Mermaid, and then it was, you know, it's and then it's these TV shows. They they brought back iCarly. They brought back. You know, all of these shows, they rebooting shows. It's like, y'all can't come up with nothing original. They're doing another Michael Jackson biopic. We just talked about this. They're doing another Michael Jackson biopic. And while I'm excited for this one, because based on the stills, oh, it's about to be good. You know, based, based on what I saw from his nephew, it's about to be good. But the fact that this is another one that we're getting, it's like y'all can't come up with no original content. Hell, even the songs, half the songs on the radio are sampled from songs that came out while we were while we were living, like while we were kids, while we was in high school and and all this other stuff, dancing to music. It's like there's nothing original out anymore and, and it's tiring. And I but I do think that 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 it is, you know, remake fatigue, I guess is what you would call it um you know other than the fact that people for some reason can't seem to wrap their heads around the fact that uh this was based on the musical not on the original movie people oh i didn't know it was going to be a musical well that means you didn't pay attention you jackass but um yeah this remake fatigue i think is a real thing and i don't want to say that it was the main reason why it didn't do well because i don't think that that's the case but i do think that 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 is a big reason. And I think if this continues, this trend of continuing to remake the same stuff five or six times, I think there's going to be a lot of media that's just not going to do well because people can't come up with original content. So that's really all I have to say about that. I think, you know, I'm, I'm sad that it's not doing well because I love the movie. I We talked about this before. I absolutely love the movie, but it, it saddens me that it's not doing well, but it's not surprising because this this is going to continue to happen if people don't start making original stuff. So,
2: yeah.
3: Um. Okay, so first, uh, my first point, um, David, is for like the. Uh, I just kind of want to piggyback off of the Michael Jackson. Oh, um, uh, I, think, I think the Michael Jackson thing is is slightly different only because when we got the first like American dream that was based on the Jackson family and it stopped at like the, it stopped at the victory tour, which I think was like 1982 or something. Oh, so okay, we haven't really, we, we didn't. Yeah. You know, so we didn't really get into anything with Michael um, specifically. I mean, we did, you know, see about his insecurities. Like he talked about, you know, some of that stuff, but as far as like, like really getting to the the nitty gritty when, you know, the history album was out when, you know, he started like, the skin, you know, all of that stuff. And then, of course, you know, everything, all the controversies, even though when he was alive, he did talk about, how, you know, how that stuff made him feel. So I'm, I'm actually interested to see how they will depict um, him throughout those times. But it's also going to be gut-riching because I think that I, I love Michael Jackson and I hated, you know, what he went through and how he was treated and so uh on the one hand i kind of don't want to see it because i'm like i don't want to see him suffering and what he was going
0: through. oh adijah i think you muted yourself
3: sorry you're
0: okay. good you're good
3: <laughs> you're good okay i don't know like my my computer it just like kind of went to sleep for like two seconds um so I don't know where I ended but I'm excited I I have a I'm excited about it but at the same time I'm a little nervous about the whole Michael Jackson thing. Um okay. So as far as the color purple um or just any quote unquote uh black film um I wanted to touch on the the people are tired of black trauma movies. Uh Paul we've had these types of conversations before um you know slave slavery movies, um, any movies where, you know, even if it's about um, uh, uh, gun violence or stuff that goes on in, you know, um, lower income neighborhoods, looking at, you know, gangs and, you know, violence and all that stuff. Um, we, we talked about, you know, it's like there are Black people were not monolithic and all of our stories does not echo that same sentiment of like, oh, every single black person goes through only this type of thing and black people only go through this type of thing. You know, and so it's it for us, it's very hard to stomach, you know, a lot of these movies because it's like, okay, we have these people, especially white, white, white writers and white producers and directors who also are the ones that's kind of that's behind this that are. Uh, telling these stories. Now granted, we did have, you know, Spike Lee and we had, you know, John Singleton who, you know, told those stories, you know, from our perspective, but it does come off a little different because these are people that actually lived it. So their cinematography, the way the way that they write, we're going to appreciate it a little bit more. And when they were doing it, you know, this is in the 80s and the 90s when there were absolutely no type of representation, um especially from a directoral standpoint. Um, And so for us to have those films that were for us, that were by us, that featured us, that, you know, we appreciated that. But today, especially in 2023, it's like we already have so many stories um, that have been told. And I know like one of the main uh, types of um, uh, situations or one of the main uh, storylines is, especially with Tyler Perry, is Black women needing a man all of that stuff. It's its a lot. So even though The Color Purple was, the originally was back in 85, I believe. Um, and when that story was told about, you know, a black woman and her experience in the South and what she was going through and everything, uh, we've had so many movies that's been like that ever since. And so for me, I love The Color Purple, so I appreciated it and I was going to go watch it anyway. Um, plus I love the cast and who was all in it. But at the same time, Um, taking my own um, interest and my own um, liking to those people, taking myself out of it. If I'm just like an ordinary consumer, you know, it's like it's it's trauma. It's traumatizing for us to see, especially as a black woman, for me to see that, Okay, here we are. Um here's another story where a black woman has to go through all of these ups and downs and everything in order to be loved properly you know it's 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 sickening to see that you know even with marriage and what we go through so for me it it's it's a lot that I had to stomach um just sitting there and you know I, literally and I was looking up some stats um give me one second so with black women specifically we're more more than two out of every three black women are unmarried and um more than twice as likely as white women to never marry at all. And so we want to see stories where we actually get a chance to be loved properly. We want to see stories where, you know, we get a chance to have, you know, that quote unquote white picket fence where we have the husband who loves us dearly, who's there for our children, who's there for us in, in a lot of ways, emotionally, mentally and spiritually. Where we're not going through this whole uh thing of like, oh, I I have to be loved. I have to be loved. Where do we get the stories of even just you know, with us loving ourselves without and it's not it has nothing to do with being connected to a man. Like what where do we have those stories? So you know for me. I don't like to see those uh, all the time. And it, like I said, it's just because I was already connected to the color purple. But that's the thing. Like Black people, we're tired of seeing those traumatic stories, even though these are real stories and people go through this. And this is definitely someone's experience. So this is to not be dismissive of those who do experience this. But especially on the big screen, it's like, when do we really show, especially these little girls, when do we show them that, you know what? you, there is a possibility that you can be loved properly. There's a possibility that you can go through the world, you know, where, uh, you don't have to deal with even your own people kind of looking you, you know, in a certain light. And so, it and honestly, as black people, just in general, we're constantly in the world, you know, walking out into a world that traditionally tells us that they don't want us here. We're constantly walking out into spaces, you know, where they're, where we are not appreciated or, you know, we have to, uh, it's just mentally exhausting and taxing for us every single day just to walk down the street and do anything. So, you know, there are times when we want to see stories that are, that are just not rooted, you know, completely in, in traumatizing experiences. And so I think that that's another thing too, is especially with black women, you know, we don't want to see that all the time. Um, and I think that, as far as like reboots and all this other stuff yeah there is no originality you know what but a lot of it too comes from the fact that people don't want to move out of the way you have a lot of these people who these seasoned you know writers and directors who don't know that it's time for them to kind of pass the baton and so we end up getting a lot of these you know remakes and, and reboots and stuff as opposed to giving new people a chance to come in and have a different perspective so even if you were to carry the same type of themes we get this like literally the same exact um sequencing of situations we don't have anything that's like fresh and new that brings some type of uniqueness to these because we have all of these older people who don't want to move out of the way and allow for people with fresh ideas to come in so um yeah that's kind of what i have on that
0: oh thank you for that i agree and the sad thing it's not even just movies like Broadway is going through the same shit right now. And I know like y'all uh depend on me with like a lot of Broadway news, but like if you go on broad if you look at Broadway shows that are doing very well, who've been on Broadway for years and years, they are they're usually uh, revivals, meaning like an old show has come back to Broadway years later. Um, they use film stars to star in the plays or musicals to get people to buy tickets, or their Disney shows. For example, The Lion King has been on Broadway for twenty five years twenty five years I didn't know
2: it, was that long.
0: it has not closed since it, it since it opened in 1997. Wow. um, Aladdin does really well on Broadway. Uh, what was another one? Beauty and a beast did really well on Broadway. Like all of these, like, cause they attract kids and their parents. But like, if you have an original show coming on Broadway, they close early. We we just found out today that one of the one a musical that just opened a month ago is closing in a week. Like all of these shows are closing and not and becoming flops because but you have shit like Back to the Future, the musical. Which is a piece of shit. Ooh. But it's pulling in millions of dollars because everyone loves Back to the Future, the movie. Like nothing's original. So they're like, oh, let's take this movie, let's add some mediocre musical numbers to it, and let's put it on Broadway. And they're and, they're, and they and they won because they're getting money. But the the show is shit. But like uh, shows like a strange loop or ain't no more or these like very like pushing and propelling stories and plays don't even last a year. It like it just it just it's I'm sick of it. I'm sick of like and I get it it's a business. Hollywood's a business. It's always a business. So you don't want to just make as much money. They don't care about creativity. They just want to make money. But like we're tired of it. We're we're tired of it. Like they ma- they're, I just heard that they're about to reboot the office.
1: You've got to be kidding me. The like office? what?
2: Who asked for that?
0: Yeah, I, I'm over it.
3: Yeah, I, 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 was. I mean, I was a Parks and Rec person myself. In comparison to the Office, oh Lord Jesus! Um, but I do know all the references and stuff. I'm in the Parks and Rec. There's <laughs> nothing <laughs> yeah. wrong.
0: There's nothing wrong with Parks and Rec. Yeah.
3: Yeah, but I, yeah, I I just I don't get it. I do not get it. There's 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 a a lot of re- well, okay. So here's my thing. As far as like the remakes because I guess so there a lot of our big movies and stuff from childhood were remakes too. Like mm-hmm. Parent Trap. That was originally something that was from I don't know, maybe the 80s or the it was it was a long time ago before Lindsay Lohan that was Lindsay Lohan, right?
2: Yeah. Parent Trap. Yep. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So I Yeah. So sometimes when I'm scrolling on like Netflix or or you know even Tubi or something like that, and I'm saying like, wait a minute, like this is like the, it's the same thing. Now maybe it, maybe those those films weren't big hits during that original time when it came out. So then the remake is what ended up becoming like you know the 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 end all be all. And so that's why you know it's such a staple in our childhoods and everything. Um, And so, yeah. So, I mean, if it's big at a certain time, then, you know, you should probably just leave it alone, you know, after that. So I think that that that's another thing, too. I think it's just the fact that we have all of these uh, shows and stuff that already marked a time. Um, and it's like, why would you want to mess with a classic? Like it was already done well. Um, yes. I mean, of course things are going to be different because the time was different back then, as far as like, you know, representation is concerned, but it was a classic for what it was. So, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I-, I think that, um, like, Oh wait, I kind of tuned out for like two seconds, but did you mention that there's going to be a new whiz?
0: Yes. The whiz is coming back to Broadway as a revival.
3: No, 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 no. So, uh, what's his name? Uh, His name is um Kenya. Kenyan, Kenya something. Kenya Paris. Oh, shoot. Yeah, he's he's supposed to be redoing The Wiz
1: again. No, 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 no. He's redoing The Wizard of Oz.
3: Or that's... Yeah, 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 that's what I meant. But my thing is this, though. Like, we already got The Wiz. So, like, my question is, like, why do that again? Like, why make... Another version of the Wizard of Oz is what I'm trying to get to. I guess. Like, what's what's the point?
0: I agree. um There's no need for the another Wizard of Oz. The original was fine. um And I, yes, the Wiz. I love the Wiz. I love the music in the Wiz. And I get why the Wiz existed because it was like all black cast. Like they back then, you know, there weren't any black musicals, or so they had to make them their own. And I get it. Um, but I think well the Parent Trap, I love you brought that up. That's a great example. The parent, the original Parent Trap came out in nineteen sixty one. So oh, wow. I get why the nineteen ninety-eight version with Lindsay Lohan did very well because it was it was a different generation. Also, keep in mind, it probably did well because this was before social media.
2: That's true
0: and i think like the lion king and aladdin they they didn't wait long enough like for the two parent traps what is that 35 years in between yeah. almost 40 years like the lion king mm-hmm. remake came out what in within 20 years or so um i feel like that's not long enough and then uh like mean girls mean girls just came out the 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 musical version of mean girls just came out um and is actually projected to do pretty well, but that's because it's a four quadrant movie because <clears throat> white people. But, yeah. um, like Mean Girls, we're the see we're the age that we saw the original Mean Girls, and we sh- we know that no one should touch the original Mean Girls, and that's why I hated mm-hmm. when the marketing said this is not your this is not your parents' Mean Girls. Do y'all know what what? uh generation y'all talking about millennials were the ones who saw mean girls and they're so what are you talking about Gen Z or Alphas? Like first of all millennials don't have children so what I don't know what y'all talking about. And two, like we're also the ones who are seeing the new one, bitch. Right. Like like, uh,
3: I'm going to see the new Mean Girls.
0: You are neither am I. No, oh, no, I'm not. I'm not going to go mm-hmm. see. It. I'm not spending money to go see it. I'll probably watch it if it comes on streaming.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'll do yeah. that.
0: But like, I'm not spending money to go see it.
2: Mm-mm.
0: All right, that's that's all. Oh, did I say it? there was another thing? Oh no, whatever. That's all I. <laughs> that's all I have for that one <laughs> for that topic.
3: Yeah, I'm good.
0: <laughs> All right. Before we get to the next one, let's go ahead and take a break. And we're back. Okay, David, Davita, Davina. Uh-uh.
1: We're not gonna do that. You want to lead us tonight? <laughs> Our next topic. Yep. 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 So our next topic is, cause of course I'm the one that always tackles the serious ones. That's, that's always me. Um, so we're going to talk about, um, we're going to move into the world of sports. Yeah. We know we love that.
2: <laughs> <Not really. laughs>
1: um, okay. So we're going to talk about, um, What is his name? Sean Strickland. Sean Strickland, for those of you who do not know, is a UFC star um, who, for whatever reason, went on a very homophobic rant um, in the last week or so. Um, Basically, from, from what I gather, he was at a press conference before um, a fight of his that was going to take place in Toronto. And a reporter asked him about previous homophobic comments he made, um, which are, let me see. He asked, he said, he would think that he failed as a man if he had a gay son. And so not only did Sean Strickland double down on those comments, he actually went on a worse rant, um, asking the reporter, are you gay? Are you a gay man? The reporter saying, you know, I'm an ally of the community. Um, he, this is Sean Strickland again. He says, OK, if, I, if you had a son and he was gay, you'd like you'd want a grandkid. Um, reporter said, I have no problem with it. And then it just goes on from there. You know, just calling him a weak man, saying he's part of the problem that he elected Justin Trudeau. Now, I I do know a couple a couple Canadians who do not like Justin Trudeau, so I can understand that part at least. But, um, but he's just, still fine as hell. Okay, sorry, fine as hell. You know, I no, I hear you. But um, yeah, and then he also I forgot this forgot this part. He also mentioned that he made. You know, some kind of comments about, you know, when Bud Light was doing the sponsorship um, with, I think her name is Dylan Mulvaney, I think was her name, um, and proceeded to say very colorful things about transgender people that I'm not going to get into because it was uh, quite offensive. But, um, yeah, so they're terrible. And, you know, I, I, I don't take much credence into a guy who literally to pay his bills gets punched in the head oh and also um i figured i should mention he is also a former neo-nazi slash white supremacist so you know not really a surprise that he's you know not a fan of ours but like what i wanted to get into you know and this is something that we've talked about before is just this like underlying hostility almost that's unwarranted toward you know from these super homophobic masculine men towards you know gay men and trans and and trans people specifically trans women and you know it, it 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 was always giving fan it was always giving you know obsession you know it was always giving stalker because like you got so much time in your day to be talking about us when we minding our business if you hate us so much why you talk about us so much we literally just walking around and your response is, ew, why are you like, bro, you could have mind the business. And I just, I guess I just, at this point, it is, I, I've already said this multiple times, you know, how sports, you know, and masculinity perpetuates homophobia and, you know, how sports tend to be super, you know, they tend to be hyper-masculine, which, you know, breeds homophobia and all this stuff. I've already talked about that at length. But, you know, I kind of think, at this point you know with him saying this and other athletes and you know people like Dave Chappelle which is a different issue making comments several comments about transgender women um it just it i just always wonder like if you think we're so disgusting if you think we're we're like such immoral and horrible people if you think that we're just these these just savage just disgusting people why do you constantly make content about us why are you constantly writing think pieces and creating these unnecessary ass debates you know thoughts all that shit why y'all why do y'all do that if you hate us so much like you're obsessed it's an obsession at this point point. and so you know obviously him being a white supremacist and being homophobic and also probably having brain damage really isn't that surprising um, but it's just a symptom of a larger problem, which is hypermasculinity, which we've talked about before. So nothing new. It's just, it, it, it's almost, I almost can't even, like, take it, se- like, I take it seriously. It is very serious that people actually think this and we die as a result of this. Like, these comments, people act like these comments are just words, right? This, all oh, these, they're just words. They're not just words. Um, these words uh, are used as ammunition for us to, for us to die, like for our lives to be over, for us to be hate crimed in the street. Um, and so this isn't like just, these aren't just words. This is a, this is a, a systemic issue, you know, like, like any of our, of, of the tools, like any tool of white supremacy, it's a systemic issue. And com- like I said, comments like this are dangerous to us, but in a way it's almost comical and how delusional some of these people are. I think one of the titles of our uh, one of our episodes is, de- is uh, "Delusion should be a crime" or something like that. Um, yep. And it, to me, it just seems like some of these people just literally live in a fantasy land. They don't live in reality where they say, "Oh well, you know," um, or they'll they'll say hateful shit like this. They'll 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 say like oh well you know gay people are dangerous to children. Meanwhile, the the straight ones that they know are the main predators, are the main ones attacking their kids. They'll make comments like that, but their brother, their cousin, or their father or their grandfather is the one molesting their kids. Like like it's it just it is it is it is so insane to me how how much of a fantasy land these people live in. I you know what? If this man is doing drugs, I want what he what he's having. Because clearly, I whatever fancy land he's living in, he's having more fun than the rest of us. Because this man and and people like him do not live in reality. Um and they 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 make things up about us, and it's it's just it is it's exhausting. But it's but it is so ridiculous that it's almost funny. You know, I, I, I actually, when I saw that, when, you know, because somebody... And of course, this leads to another issue. And I'm sorry I'm so long-winded on the subject. um, But, like, ESPN, you know, the network that he, he... Not that he works for, but, like, it's the worldwide leader in sports. Why is he still allowed to say things like that and have brand deals and represent, you know, and, you know... ESPN still has people like him on like, how is that? Okay. And I know people are going to say like, Oh, well, you know, freedom of speech, you know, all this, but it doesn't mean freedom of consequences. Everybody should know what he said and decide whether or not they want to continue to have brand deals with him. So I don't know. It's, it's just another, it's just another hyper-masculine man making stupid ass, you know, unfounded, um, comments about a community that he knows nothing about and i just want to say this too in closing i just want to put put this out there have you ever noticed how most homophobic and transphobic people literally not only aren't friends with gay people not only don't have any relationship with gay people many of them have never met a gay person or a trans person they don't they don't know us They've n- they have no experience with us. They go based on the shit that Fox News says, and they they just make comments based on shit they heard. They don't know us at all. They have no relationships. It's like they make these comments about transgender people. It's like, oh, it's a it's a mental illness. Well, how would you know since you don't know any transgender people? You ain't never met a trans woman. You don't know them. So how can you even make a comment like this when you don't have any relationships with any of them? It's like. It's like when, when, when homophobes or it's like when racists say, well, my black friends, you ain't got no fucking black friends. Your black friend is Candace Owens and that coon-ass sheriff, uh, David Clark, um, and uh, 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 Herman Kane when his stupid ass was still alive. Those are your black friends. You, ain't, you don't know no, don't forget, no black And don't forget friends. Uncle Tom, Miss Clemens. Miss Cle- exactly. Exactly. Yes. And it's like you don't even know these people you don't know you don't know black people, you don't know gay people you ain't never met one of us, so to be making these comments, not only are you completely wrong about it, but even if you met us and made some and and made some inference about us or made some judgment about us based on what you based on what you've seen like based on the relationships you actually have, that would be better than you never meeting a gay person or a trans person, and you making these unfounded, ridiculous comments to the masses as if it's true. And you know at this point that these comments will lead to our death. You know, you there is no way at this point that if you make these comments, there's no way you don't know that those comments will lead to our death. They will give ammunition to people to kill us in the streets just because. So, That's really all I have to say about that. Because if I say anything else, this episode is going to go on for another hour and a half. So I'm just going to leave it there. But I just want all the listeners to know, if you have never met, I just want to say this last thing. Listeners, if you have never met a trans person, a gay person, a black person, or any oppressed minority, you don't get to make comments about those people. You don't get to say, you don't get to criticize them. Like people say, oh, we, we, I, I they're not exempt from criticism. You don't get to criticize us because you don't know us. So if you ain't, if you don't know us, shut the fuck up about us. Thank you. Ooh. That's all I got to say. Period. Um, I, it's like, you know. I, love-
0: <laughs> I-, <laughs> I was going to say, I love when you get so passionate about, uh homophobia in, in the sports world. <clears throat> but um yeah, uh ES- ESPN has been trash for a very long time. And we could go on in depth about other sport organizations that are not even just homophobia, but other things like why is a quarterback of the Browns um still playing for the Browns even though he literally was known to sexually assault multiple women yeah why is yeah and people are still supporting the team like oh nothing happened like i feel like people just get blind with things that they like but yeah literally the quarterback of the browns literally sexually assaulted multiple women and paid them off and it's still what is he on a 30 million contract 30 million dollar contract
1: 30 million a year something like that a year something like that
0: yeah no like Sports, there's just a lot of issues in the sports world. But this is not the first time an MMA fighter has said homophobic shit. I think there was one person from I could be wrong. It was it South Korea?
1: Oh, you're thinking of uh Manny Pacquiao?
0: The one oh, who he's was, from the uh, Philippines,
1: right? Philippines, well, yep. Yeah, he was friends with uh, uh uh he was friends with that uh wrestler Batista? No, that ain't it. Dave Batista.
0: That's it. Uh, Okay. And for listeners, I wasn't just saying South Koreans and Filipino people are the same. I literally just thought it was South Korea, but it was the Philippines. Okay. Um, Yeah. yeah, Them. uh, There's some other people. Like, it's... uh, First of all, I think the whole sport of MMA fighting is so fucking stupid like y'all literally get paid to beat the shit out of each other in a ring and then y'all come out with like bruised eyes and black eyes and busted lips talking about yeah it was a good game you can't even barely speak because it's blood in your mouth um (laughs) but i'm not shocked that his his uh his homophobic rant started with oh you don't want grandkids you don't want to uh Spread your um your legacy. Let me tell you something. I have a certain cousin in my family. Um, straight, foot was a football player. Very straight, very sporty. Anyway, when I came out of the closet, the first thing he said was, "I th- oh, your father going to be heartbroken? Not because of me, like because." my dad didn't know or anything. No, he said that because he's like, oh, because um your father's name and his legacy can't live on because you can't have children. Goodbye. That was what he said. I'm not making this up. Not making this up. That's what he said. And that bitch, I can't stand him. And he wasn't even invited to my wedding, that son of a bitch. Anyway, um I said I legacy. I mean. Uh-huh. Um <laughs> let's just say y'all share the same name. Anyway.
1: um, Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yep.
0: I was like, legacy? First of all, bitch. You're talking about legacy, but you're the main one who literally are having, uh, like, these children. First of all, and they they love to bring religion in it. Bitch, you literally had your child out of wedlock. I thought in in the Christianity that was a big no-no. So that, you also was a teenage parent. You dropped out of school. I can go on and read you for filth, but I'm not. And for you to say, oh, you're going to disappoint your dad because you're not going to spread his legacy. I'm not shocked that this MMA fighter said the same shit. I feel like a lot of straight men always use that. Like, oh, you can't spread your legacy. First of all, gay people can have kids. Second of all, who gives a flying fuck about your shitty ass legacy? Nobody, you shouldn't procreate in the first place.
1: You ain't lying. You
0: ain't lying. Like I like I you shouldn't have kids. If you're gonna spit that hate and all that bigotry and all that shit, you shouldn't even procreate. And I feel sorry for your kids because they have to grow up with an asshole like you. Um, and for the most part, I hope that kid doesn't turn out like you. And yeah, I'm just it pisses me off too, to no end. And like they're so obsessed of you know the gay community the queer community trans people uh boosie is another one he always got uh, some shit to say um Name always in his mouth always always uh mike pence was another one mike pence always has some shit to say but people were like oh but well, why were you what were you doing at a Katy perry concert like oh? <laughs> like it, it's just it's ridiculous to me it's it's I, i'm i'm fucking sick of it um e s p n is trash Fox News is trash um yeah that's how that's my thoughts I have nothing else
3: um, yeah uh home slice
1: was wild and for real um i what <laughs> home slice was uh-huh. wild and for real <laughs> Sorry.
3: Yeah, home slice was <laughs> Yeah, I don't like it's it it was like just watching the whole clip. I'm like, bro, you can never be this upset about nothing. Like you act like this man slapped your mom. Like he just asked a question. And you just went on this whole rant. And I'm just like, all right. So it was. I mean, at the the clip that I seen it was under three minutes, but it was that was a long two minutes and fifty four seconds. Because I'm like, you're not even. It's like you're just already amped. Um, as far as the UFC, I mean, you know, the UFC right now, as it stands, I I do believe is the. It's actually worldwide. It's bigger than, uh, the NFL. It's bigger than um the MLB. Like it. It caters to uh, white males, honestly. Uh, more so, eighteen through forty four is the main um, demographic, but it even will it still caters more so towards the younger um, of the uh, of that. And so, yeah, I think that uh, it you know it helps with ratings. You know, that's the reason why they you know they allow people to to do that. It's not often where you see people uh, in the UFC. Getting penalized because of having such, um, you know, controversial uh, things to say, even though it's at the expense of certain communities. Um, uh, It it just it it helps honestly, and you know we're dealing with people who are just money hungry. That it's it's money grabs, Um, whatever they can do to continue to, uh, you know, to to bring in consumers. uh, That's what they're going to do, um, which is very unfortunate. Because, you know, we need people, there should be more people in the world who thrive off of integrity, not dollar signs. Um, But until we can get those people out the way and where we can have people who actually thrive off of integrity, yeah, I mean, we're gonna probably, you know, we're still going to have to deal with it. I'm not a UFC person myself. You know, I, I see clips in passing, right? Like I don't, I am not an avid person. I don't know anybody. I mean, I know like the big names, But other than that, I don't, you know, I I don't know what else goes on with the UFC, but I do know that it's always like a lot of uh, misogynistic things that are said. And I do, I do agree uh, with Paul about the, uh, just, just the nature of the sport. It's like, y'all are really sitting here. I mean, just like boxing. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm not a fan of boxing either. I mean, it's like, yeah, even with gloves on, you know, people still, you know, you're, you're, you can get a black eye or worse, you know, people, their, their, uh, facial structures are in, is messed up and, you know, your jaws are breaking all types of stuff. And it's like, I I don't know, like, I don't find that appealing. Like, I just, I, I can't sit and watch somebody just pummel each other for however long. Um, especially because, you know, stuff like that, was called buck breaking for like in slavery. And I hate to be the one to bring that up, but it's like, that's what they did. Like they would pay, you know, slaves to do stuff like that to each other. Um, and that was their sport. Like the, the slave masters will sit around and just watch people do that. And then you are just throw, they, all they do is, you know, if, if you end up dying because of that, you know, all they do is just, throw you in the backyard somewhere they don't you know they don't take care of your family they don't do like it just it's it's all weird sinister behavior to me um so yeah I yeah I don't know um I agree with everything else that y'all was saying for the most part like I, I was kind of like in and out but I agree with what y'all was saying so yeah home home slice I don't know um he needs a hug or something um Yeah, that's that's
1: all I got.
0: That's yeah, that was a that was a lot. Yeah, therapy is a huge one. Listen.
1: Yeah, I I have one more thing. Um you know, I I talk a lot about or I've I've talked some about my parents on this. And first of all, I just wanna say um I think it's a it's a privilege that um I've been able to have the parents that I do because, you know, they're just great people and I know that everyone doesn't have that, but you know, they've taught me a lot. My grandparents, my I've i have always had a support system of like my actual, you know, blood relatives and family and, you know, my sister and all that. But I bring all that up to say this. If there's one thing that my parents taught me that I will take literally to the grave, if, if there's nothing else that I remember they said, it is they, you know, in their own different ways because they're both very different people. It is when they sat me down, and in their own way, they said, "You know, David, some days you want to express your opinion. Some days you 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 tell the truth. Um, you know, you but you 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 tell it with kindness, but you tell the truth. And then there are some times where you just need to shut the hell up and pay attention. Let me say that again, in case some of you fo- some of you folks listening did not hear me. Sometimes." You just need to shut the hell up. You we've seen plenty of people who open their mouths and said stupid things and lost their entire careers. I can I'm willing to bet that even though it seems like ain't nothing gonna happen, he's gonna lose most, if not all, of his endorsements. He's gonna lose all of them. Now he might not get dropped by UFC, but he's gonna lose all of them endorsements. And you know how he could have kept those endorsements by shutting his mouth. Or swallowing his pride and apologizing, but no, because he wanted to give his opinion and he wanted to do all of this. Now he's probably he's probably ruined his career, and it's his own fault. So, yeah, um, if you don't know whether or not you should give your opinion, you probably shouldn't. You, as as Bernie Mac says, you need to shut what they call the fuck up. Okay, like just get it together. So, um, yeah, that's all I got.
0: And you know what I love to say, it costs zero dollars and zero cents to shut the fuck up.
1: Exactly. Zero dollars, it and it's free and it always will be. Like,
0: even if you can have all of those homophobic thoughts and beliefs, the power to you, but you did not need to say that on the press panel. You could have said that at home.
2: Like, just can't... At home. Child.
3: And the thing is, too, it was a double down. <laughs> like it wasn't even like like he had no intentions on on like he, oh, he had no intentions on trying to make it right or or anything. It was like, nope, I said what I said the first time, and here I am again.
0: Yeah, yeah. um, these people, these people, um, there was something I was going to say in addition to that, but I totally forgot. <sighs> All right. Well, I guess we can talk about our recommendations.
2: Um, if
0: you're in New York City, um, there's a play called Bacon. It is at the Soho Playhouse. I recommend it. It's a great play. You should see it. Um, the movie American Fiction. I feel like y'all will love... American fiction And I can't wait for all of us to watch it so we can talk about it. It's that movie with um Jeffrey Wright and um uh Issa Rae and uh Tracy Ellis Ross and Sterling K Brown.
1: Oh. Oh, I want to see that.
0: I heard it's really good. Um it's really funny. Um so I I do want to see that. So, yeah, that's a uh, my recommendations. Do y'all have anything? not for me nope all right well I guess that's it for this episode I don't have anything else
2: Do y'all <laughs> no? got that's so like no.
0: <laughs> well that's it folks we'll catch you next time um on the color lavender podcast bye bye
2: bye